LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. And I'm Peter Blanche. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for Gospel Centre Ministry every week. The One Thing is brought to you thanks to Reach Australia. We love to see thousands, actually it's our dream to see thousands of healthy evangelistic model playing churches across Australia. There is a desperate need to see Australia reached. Now look, today's episode actually focuses in on how well we are actually doing at well, being healthy, evangelistic and multiplying in our churches. So Pete, you are going to put us under the ringer, ask the hard questions, but really we want to celebrate what God's doing across, across the network and I'm hoping that as we push into the impact report that we released a couple of weeks ago that we'll have a chance to celebrate what God is doing but also think about where we want to go as a network. We do need to hear the, the, the current state of play, the status quo as we often will call it hearing clearly where we are, celebrating what's been going on, the great things God is doing among us, but also hearing hearing where we, we can't stay where we are. We want to reach far more people for Christ. Uh, so honestly hearing what's happening, where we go, where we currently are right now, feeling the weight of that, and then seeing where we could be in the future, that's what we want to discuss about today. Great. Well, for now, you've pressed play on another episode of The One Thing. Reach Australia 2022 impact report. Now look, Scott, when we, uh, when we do look at our impact, we, we could do it multiple ways, couldn't we? We could just hear stories about things that are happening and anecdotes about what's going on across the country. But look, sometimes what's, that, that's not unimportant, but hearing hard data is important also. Why is hard data so important? Well, Hard data helps you work out what's really going on. Yeah. So I always use the example of, uh, you know, of a baby when someone pushes back and says, you know, don't don't measure things, and I and I always say, you know, you've had a you've had a child, you measured the head circumference and you measured the length and mm. you measured the weight and you did that often regularly in the first sort of two or three months. Why? Because all those milestones are really important to, yeah. you know, ensure that baby was getting fed well and uh, and growing and being healthy. Uh, and you continue to do that, and in some ways, you know, the the kind of the the chart at home, you know, is a good example. You know, we we're still recording. Our, you know, our eldest daughter is now seventeen. We're still recording those height, and the kids are still fighting over who's tall. Just because she's so tall, but yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> so uh, it helps us. It helps us see actually how we're going. It, if we look back, we can actually see what has been working, what hasn't been working. Um, and the reality is we actually want to see this outcome. We want to see healthy evangelistic multiplying churches. And so we actually do want to get raw, you know, hard data. Are our churches evangelistic? You know, are we planning and preparing for multiplication? Mm. And, and are they healthy? Do we have, you know, healthy leaders? So, we are, you know, we ask, we've been asking questions about uh, their spiritual health, uh, their spiritual life, uh, as well as just how they're feeling about you know ministry as well, and and these things help us shape programs. They help us change and tweak some of the things we're already doing. Uh, yeah. But it's also just good for the team to celebrate and go, wow, yeah, God, God's doing some amazing stuff, and uh, and we want to you know we want to yeah, see yeah. more. The hard data, it's an expression of love, isn't it? The, you will measure what you love. If you love fishing, you'll measure the size of the fish. If you love your baby, you'll measure its health. If you love your church, obviously measuring it is an act of love because you care so much for it. 
Scott, when, when pastors are thinking about churches, if they don't have hard data, do you find that they're overly optimistic at times or they're overly pessimistic? If all you have is the anecdote and not the hard data, what, what are the issues that come up? Well, like in some ways, the intangible data is good. Like It's really important to hear stories. And I reckon as a leader, you want to have those stories kind of ready to go to be able to uh, you know, speak to a leadership team meeting or speak to a board or a parish council, speak to a potential donor, uh, supporter of a, of a ministry, speak to someone who you're wanting to actually recruit, you know, to get in, get involved in ministry as well. Those intangible stories are really important. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I can hear you, I can hear you push it back. You need the hard data. I mean, you you're wired as an engineer, like, and I'm wired as a words a words person who's who's constantly looking forward. I kind of you know once the data's happened, I'm like, oh, let's go on to the next thing. Uh, I really got to work hard to actually look back and assess it, understand it. You know, what are we seeing there? What are the trends? Um, yeah. You know, what do we need to change in terms of our our behaviour? So, in many ways, the the optimistic, the optimistic person and the pessimistic person will both look at data differently, but both need to have data in order to uh, be able to make helpful decisions and also to be able to pull in, you know, a broader group of people, uh, you know, going forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I, that comment you made there about data does help you make decisions, I, I think it's exactly right. Give me the right data in front of me, decision-making becomes very easy. I, I can see what needs to be paid attention to. I can see what the next steps are. Good data makes decision-making really quite straightforward, often very quite straightforward. Not having data makes that whole process much more difficult. Now, Scott, we've got, we've got some data from our impact report and, uh, that we'll talk about soon, but... How do you look at that and not just focus on the good or not just focus on the bad? How do you avoid being triumphalistic and how do you avoid being just completely depressed? I think partly it's about clarifying the where. You know, so when, when you're clear about what you're seeking to achieve, mm. you, you do have kind of a baseline to go, well, this is what we were hoping for. Uh, how do we go? So, for example, we were hoping for 12 churches to be planted uh, last year. Uh, we saw nine churches planted. Now, how exciting is that? Nine new churches Absolutely. reaching the lost. Uh, we know that church plants are often more effective than established churches. So so that's that's great. That's really exciting to see the pictures and to see the churches and to see this, you know, you know the stories. You've been following a lot of those people for three or four years and you know the hard work that's gone into it from a whole bunch of people. So exciting. Okay, but asking the question, okay, why didn't we get 12? Uh, yeah. Why do we miss the three? Uh, you know, what, what's going on there? What do we need to do in, in order to work back? So, so in some senses, that's where having clarity about the where, you know, missing the mark, you know, it's not cause for depression. You know, it's not cause for depression, uh, but it's it's helpful to then interrogate the data, ask the questions, and hopefully do things differently next year in order to, you know, hit that number next year or or create a, I guess, a better goal uh, for next yeah, year as yeah. well. So that's, I guess, thinking into the importance of looking at looking at trends, uh, uh, data as well. So, you know, looking back and looking back over a number of years, not just last year, I think, can also be a, a helpful right. statistic as well to go, okay, the, well, the trend data is, is, on, is on the up. Um, and so we can see changes happening. We, we can see there's posit- yeah. you know, positive things happening, but it's not, you know, it's not the whole story or everything. That's right. I think this is there's a real power in this is seeing longer term trends, having goals, having stretch goals, not just for the sake of having goals, but re- because you love Jesus and you want to see His kingdom and uh, reach more people. Do you have a feel for some of the trend goals around? So nine church plants. We the stretch goal was twelve. We saw nine church plant church plants last year through the network. Praise God for that. So that is worth celebrating. 
What's the trend, though? What's happened in the last few years? What's the trend with church planting? We're yeah, saying? Well, we've definitely seen a, a slowdown uh, through COVID. We've seen awareness about starting new things. You know, church stagnated in many in many instances over the last mm. two years just because we couldn't meet and we couldn't access a whole bunch of things. Yes, we are seeing greater health you know, coming out for some churches. You know, so I think churches that particularly uh, focused on uh, on their online activities and on building community, on being intentional through COVID have seen an uptick and, and seen church you know church come back to pre pre-covid levels and better now now again that's not every church uh, obviously obviously there are many instances as well of smaller churches who mm. have gone backwards or even I think larger churches so churches over a thousand I think were more uh, you know significantly affected by obviously closing down uh, as well so so that desire say for new churches I mean if you look on the report you'll see, we're, we're hoping uh, in 2023 to see 12 churches. You know, that's what we're praying for. Uh, that's what we're working towards. Uh, that means a whole bunch of assessments. That means a whole bunch of long-term work with yeah. uh, planters. The hope in the future is that we'll actually start to see that number you know, grow and climb as we work back into established churches, uh, as we also keep putting the need and the importance of church planning on the agenda for the church in Australia. That's right. That's right. In some ways, Scott, you're talking about we want to see healthy, evangelistic, multiplying churches. This is a multiplication piece, seeing more churches planted and started and seeing that evangelistic growth through them. Uh, can you give us a feel for, as we've uh, in the impact report, it's part in giving us a feel of the state of health across churches in, in, in our network across Australia. Uh, how do we measure what we measure? Why do we measure what we measure? Yeah, give us some feel for that. So we've started using the language of uh, <clears throat> of HEMS. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's the best an acronym, but all it is, it's just an abbreviation of Healthy Evangelistic Multiplying Churches. And in some ways, we're wanting to keep well, putting on the agenda some key metrics, some key health stats, so that we can all across church life be measuring those things. Mm. So really simply, you'll see there 5% growth in church attendance each year. The reason we've landed on that figure is that in the course of a 15-year period, if your church grows on average sort of at 5% each year, uh, the church will double, you know, double in size. You know, so if we yeah. generally see that across church life, the hope is that in 15 years' time, we'll see a doubling of, uh, of churches uh, in terms of attendance across Australia. Yeah, and of course, we're talking uh, kind of net growth at that point. So you'll lose some people who, well, hopefully they haven't walked away from the faith. You want to shepherd them well away from that kind of stuff. But people will move churches, change locations, change jobs. So we're talking net growth year on year, 5% is a is one marker of, of health. Just health. Uh, healthy things grow. Yeah. Um, so, that, so that's the first one. Second one is we actually want to see evangel evangelism taking place. We want to see people move from death to life. So we reckon uh, seeing or at least aiming for five out of every 100 people attending your church are becoming Christians each year. So again... Uh, thinking about it, a church of say 200, uh, having the aim, praying for, desiring, you know, working hard towards seeing 10 people uh, each year make new decisions for Christ. And you can break that up between your congregations, you can break that up between youth and, and adults, mm -hmm. uh, but but actually praying and seeking and working towards uh, that number. Yeah, look, Scott, some people listening would go, oh, look, I, of course our church wants to see converts. We've never actually thought about what could be a, you know, we want to see them, what, what could be a healthy amount? Uh, five out of every hundred, are we seeing churches see that kind of 
fruit in their mission work. Yeah, we are. Uh, and we're seeing it not just in kids, uh, we're seeing it in adults as well. And yeah, and again, we're seeing that's not something that just happens overnight. Uh, so if your trend data is you haven't seen any conversions, uh, you know, to put that goal in front of people and say, well, this year we're going to see 10 and we haven't seen any for the last five years is probably going to be unhelpful. Uh, but what we are seeing is as churches start praying for it, as they start working towards uh, planning for it in terms of putting together, say, a mission plan and thinking through how we're actually going to connect with people, mm-hmm. how we're going to move mm-hmm. them into an opportunity to have the gospel, uh, the gospel challenge, you know, challenged, uh, challenge uh, put in front of them. We are actually seeing, uh, you know, change uh, across the network. So, so that figure is something you know we we surveyed a number of churches across the network, uh, those church plants and those in the development program, and we actually hit that number. I think it was five and a half percent. So it's yeah. a little bit greater. Oh, that's so exciting, isn't it? To think of how many people are actually coming to Christ. There's a long way to go in our country, but having clear goals is important. Now, look, that's one measure of health, evangelistic. Uh, yep, so another, what, what, what else you got? You, you want to see people serving. So we, we talk about uh, uh, one way of sort of thinking and pulling apart church life, breaking it down, is to think in outcomes. So you want to see someone who's deep in the Word, who's loving God, who's in community, who's on mission. But you also want to see uh, a church uh, person growing in their uh, service, you know, growing in serving others as well. So seeing 50% of church, uh, at, you know, attenders, uh, members serving regularly in teams. Mm. That's another really important health step. Another one is uh, seeing at least 65% of people in some sort of small group. Uh, so regularly regularly meeting together with other Christians, not in that large gathering space, but in a, in a smaller gathering space as well. So generally you say to churches you want to see between sort of 65 to 80 percent of people in yeah. uh, in some sort of small group structure uh, so that's uh, that's another sort of health measure um, and then uh, it obviously it depends on the uh, the context you know there are some parts of Australia where the average age is sort of uh, you know up up upward of 50 but across Australia the average age is about 30 uh, 38 uh, years of age and generally what we see in most communities is that you've got uh, kids and youth sort of between 15 to 25% of the population. So again, understanding your local demographics and actually seeing a church that is not ageing but is actually representative of the local community. And so that's another stat to go for. What does that look like often? It looks like mm-hmm. 20% of people in church are kids. Uh, you know, It's good also to measure, say, the average age of a church, again, comparing that to your local, uh, your local community as well. Yeah, and of course measuring the ethnicity as well and getting that to match the demographics around you is not unimportant either. That's right. And then the final one is, uh, is your church preparing to, yeah. to uh, start something new? So that was one of the most encouraging things. Uh, I often talk about our consultations, our church health consultations as as growth consultations. And what do I mean by that? Well, it's in it's in the last uh, the last letter of the, the hem, the multiplication. We actually want to see multiplication, mm. new congregations, uh, new plants being started. And so... It was really pleasing. A number of the churches, in fact, 55% of the churches over the next sort of five years had various you know, opportunities for planning and growth. And if I've got time to tell a quick story, uh, one, of, one, of the, one of the first churches that was in the development program in 2019, which is one of the, like that, those cohorts were quite strange because they stopped and they started and we shifted them around. Anyway, the first cohort was actually a regional cohort, which, which you yeah. were a part of, Pete. And, um, and this church that was a part of that, I can remember going up and doing the consult with them, and we put this big bold plan uh, to start a uh, a new site. Uh, we helped them sort of think through the staffing structure and all that was involved in um, in that. And it was great, you know, just to see a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it wasn't wasn't their uh, their first 
campus, but it was actually their second campus in the last four years that they'd started. And so uh, this church now has, you know, their, their main central site, but then two uh, campuses in two areas, and they're seeing revitalization. They're actually uh, seeing uh, new, you know, new growth and new converts. And and again, it, that was four years, you know, four years ago. We're we're starting to see the fruit. So again, I just want to keep emphasising the data. The data is helpful, but often what we do is we kind of just look back to yesterday. We need to keep looking over time and seeing you know God work uh, slowly. Because I think what often is the case is uh, we plan to do. Uh, way more than what we can achieve in in one mm. year, and we plan to do less what we can actually achieve in sort of three to five years. Yeah. You know, we're overly optimistic. Oh, yeah, I can do all these things. There's all this energy. We actually probably need to do less, uh, but then we actually need to be more confident that God will be at work uh, in in you know in planning and in looking forward to five years. Yeah, yeah. So looking across the network for for Reach Australia, there's there's some great. There are elements of health. There are trends towards multiplication. There are trends towards evangelistic health, but having said all that, these are the celebration moments. Where are some of the things that we know that, that that come out where we go, gee, we're still so much more to do. Yeah, well, again, I, we we did fifty five church consults last year. It, like, if we had more resource and and more capacity, I'd want to do more. Like, it, it's a privilege to come into a church and to kind of look under the bonnet and ask the hard questions. Uh, I don't, I you know, we as a team don't take that sort of stuff lightly. Uh, it, it is a massive privilege. Uh, and I can see why there's lots of anxiety as well for a lot of leaders. But the desire there is actually to get a healthy church. So I'd love to see us doing more consults. I'd love to see more guys in the network being trained up and equipped to do that. Because I think there's a, a real health in us, you know, actually speaking into each other's churches and learning from each other. Yeah. Uh, we've seen 105 established leaders coached. Now, by 2030, you want to see 750, and I go, and I think that's a big number. But, uh, or you know, already just reading some of the responses for guys, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm still putting in things that I was learning two years ago. I'm, I'm, I'm going backwards a couple of steps, and then I'm going forwards. It takes time to change habits, uh, and so again, want to see more leaders go through the intensive program and go through the development program, so they can. Unsettle and, and get challenged uh, mm. with with how they mm. how they lead uh, as well. Uh, excitingly, we did a whole bunch of building leaders days last year, so that's just a one day event that really pushes into the serving others area. Yeah, again, I'd love to see more people uh, do that because I think we've got a real problem uh, with yeah. raising up gospel workers and harvest workers. And I think in order to wrestle and deal with that, we actually need you know an army of people. Uh, and then we'll have the you know the few more people kind of putting their hand up and saying yeah I reckon I can do this I can do this full time yeah yeah I'm hearing you say here's one one of the things we actually need to keep working hard at as a as as a group of people looking to see the country reached is building more leaders and pay, and getting greater get a great involvement in serving across our churches is 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 a trend actually we're wanting to see get much more traction. In the coming years now the the other thing is we launched uh, a wives network those who have been part of the Geneva Push Network have, have always seen from the start we've been investing heavily in our wives uh, and church planning wives particularly but we launched that uh, this year uh, and, and we saw uh, 39 women attend uh, intensives. Uh, I'm, I'm really encouraged by that. I think we've got to keep working on ministry marriages. It's not something you kind of do once. You know, they need ongoing ongoing work and, uh, and that's something that, you know, I think the, the network is really uh, focusing on as well. And then this year, the other the other thing, we're we're hoping to launch a uh, a healthy team 
member program. So we're hoping to actually open up the development program to not only senior leaders in church, but also uh, team members, uh, yeah. men and women uh, across Australia. So there's that kind of little announcement at the end of the impact report that says, yep, we've always kind of been focused on healthy teams, but we've been focused on equipping the senior leader to build healthy teams, equipping the church planter to build a healthy team. Uh, we've always had launch team members coming to conferences and elders and uh, key lay leaders and, and staff teams coming to a conference. But actually we thought, how can we multiply this work? How can we do things a little bit faster? Well, let's let's get a team member development program up. And so uh, you and Joe are working on that and I'm excited to see the fruit of that. Yeah. There'll be a link to the report in the show notes here, Scott, so everyone can get that quite easily. But I wanted to end with, what's the one thing that you want to say after looking at the hard data? We want to keep praying, working towards as a network, healthy evangelistic multiplying churches. What does that mean? Well, we'll have churches that are planning and moving towards starting something new. We'll be regularly seeing in our churches conversion growth, uh, new people moving from death to life. And we'll have healthy teams, both staff teams, healthy leadership teams, and healthy churches that are growing in their knowledge and their love of Jesus. That's something that I want to be praying for. That's what something I want us to be praying as a network for as, as well. And that's something we're working towards. So gather the data regularly. Keep asking the questions of yourself. How are we actually going uh, as a church in that? Uh, and keep praying and asking that, uh, you know, and planning and working towards a healthy evangelistic multiplying church. Uh, anything else, Scott? Let me just jump in the toolbox real quick, uh, Pete. Reach Australia National Conference, uh, 8 to 11 May. Bring your team. Great opportunity for you to press in together as a team and start thinking through, well, how are we going as a church? Yeah. What next? Uh, there's a great uh, podcast just from the you know, a while ago on metrics. Uh, so I'll put a link in the show notes to that. Uh, I'll put a link as well just to the impact report. Uh, great, again, to uh, read it. Hopefully it'll fuel your prayers. And there's a number of things in there as well that'll hopefully help your church think into what does it look like to be a healthy evangelistic multiplying church. And then the last one, uh, I want to put a link to the Network Learnings Survey. It'd be great if you could spend the 10 to 15 minutes filling in that survey report. We want to get more information on how our churches are actually going. And so it'd be awesome just to, uh, to dive into that and jump into that and, uh, and fill that out so we can get more data. I'm Peter Blanche. I'm Scott Sanders. Chat, Chat soon. soon.